the Mortal Yogi podcast with me, Dougal Meacham. Hi, Adeline. Welcome to the uh, Mortal Yogi podcast. Super awesome to have you. Thank you for joining us. Where are you in the universe right now? I'm Where are you? Still in good old Singapore. Thanks for having <laughs> me. <laughs> it's a nice place. I'm in the house and it's hot and it's hazy. Hay season now. Oh, really? So mm -hmm. how hot is hot? 34, 35. Oh my God. It's, uh, it is 15 degrees here and I got my t-shirt on. I'm just about to take my t-shirt off. It's hot over here in Scotland. That's hot? That's hot, yeah. There's a guy who wandered past my house this morning with his uh, flip-flops, thongs on, walking, walking his dog. Yeah. <laughs> you need to come to Singapore. He'll be melting <laughs> off. His skin will be melting off. It's... It, not the same world we are living in. No, I would die to be in 15 degrees weather. <laughs> in any 15 degrees weather. So tell me about yourself. We are, we are on today to talk about restorative yoga. You know, uh, we know. We, how long have we known each other? We've known each other. What, 2013 maybe? Something like that. Yeah, so it's getting on for a decade. It's getting close to a decade and um, we met in Singapore, where yeah. I was, and uh, you met and at a training. We met at a training with a, one of one of my teachers, Noah Maze. That's right. And um, and I wanted to have you on here to talk about. And everybody on this podcast knows I'm a passionate Yin Yoga teacher, and I know that you are a, and the world is about to know if they don't that you are a restorative yoga teacher trainer, and I get asked so often about. What is that restorative thing? Is yin restorative? Is restorative yin? Are they come from the same teacher or lineage? So I thought, okay, I'm just going to call up my friend Adeline and we're going to have a proper discussion, educated discussion about this. But before we get there, tell us about yourself. You are, you are Singaporean Chinese, yes? Yeah, I'm born and bred in Singapore. Born uh, and bred? Born, bred in Singapore. And um, and and uh, what does that mean? So you are um, you are always you are always been a yoga teacher. Did you pop out and do into down dog? Uh, I wish I wish I could say I did, but <laughs> um, I have a dis. Well, I have a I have an unfair advantage in that my oh. mom. Well, my mom has very flexible genes. Or her body's okay. flexible. So I come from there, and I, when I was younger, I did dance. Ah, so really? Well, and so in in when we're in school, we have physical, uh, we have PE, physical training, mm -hmm. and that will be a test every year. And I would fail everything else except my sit and reach, which is kind of like a forward bend. Okay. Where you fingers, and you see how far you can reach your fingers past your toes, and I would always, always ace that. I am uh, very, very jealous. Yeah. <laughs> moment of glory i would fail everything else like the running and all i i really couldn't be bothered but that one I always <laughs> and and yeah. so what kind of dance ballet modern uh, ballet, ballet? Yeah. you got did you get serious with ballet no uh i'm i'm not great with um tyrants i'm not great with uh, uh. being told what to do yeah i'll do it because i want to do it but if i could do it a certain way for many, many times, I'm like, no. yeah, yeah, I've, uh, yeah I, <laughs> I, I, I tend to shy away from things like that. From bossy, bossy ballet teachers or just bossy people in general. Yeah, because I'm also, I'm also a why person. Like, why? Tell me why we're doing this pose. Hmm. Why are we doing this pose this way? I mean, you have, and you can't tell me it's always been done this way. That's. That's not I, good enough for you. I, yeah. Oh my God, you're you are a rebel. So. So you you lays your way through PE. You uh, superstar yourself through forward bends. And uh, what happens? Competitively, so that was so I swam and I did yoga. Ah, yeah. I, oh no, so I, I swam and I, I danced, and um, it's kind of a weird combination. Swim dance. Yeah, and uh, and then eventually I graduated from university mm -hmm. and decided that the prospect of Sitting in an office and only having 14 days of annual leave a year was really sad. 
So what yeah. did you do? What did you do to uh, to to not be that person? Uh, well, I wanted to get paid and travel to travel. So yeah. I told my parents that I was going to join the airlines, and I did. I joined Singapore Airlines. And that's a good airline. That was my favorite airline by far growing up. What? Well, because I grew up in Singapore, as you as you might know, and uh, back in the day. You know, uh, a teenage boy. Uh, the the food was great. The the I was in love with all of the hostesses because they were gorgeous Asian women. And and the service. My dad was in uh, flu so much, so we always got to the front of the queue. So the best airline, bar none. Uh, was, it, was it fun working for Singapore Airlines? It was so much fun. It really yeah. was. I stayed it for about five years. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I mean, I could probably still do the job now. I mean, I, I still. I mean, you do it day in and day out, so it's not, not like it. It was very hard work, but yeah. they have a lot more technology now working for them than when we did. But it's such good times. Yeah. Yeah, I travel. I think to almost every destination that the Singapore Airlines flew to. Oh my God, that, so and that's a lot. Intention. That my intention was to fly to almost every country that the airline flew to. So that's the reason why I joined the airlines because I wanted to travel. And you nailed it. And so, like, how many is that? Is that I don't know, three hundred or something crazy? I'm guessing. I have no idea. I've been to Jeddah. Okay. To, uh, where it was Karachi. We went to Nepal. I don't know when to Nepal, somewhere else. But it was it was amazing. Just all the different places we did. Do you have a favorite like top three destinations that you'd love to go back to or highly recommend? Culture shock, though. Funnily, culture shock. Egypt, Cairo. Yeah. I had a culture shock there. Have you ever been? No. Oh, I no. I have been when I was two years old, but don't remember it too well. But it's just because it's so. It's still as it was it's, it's still it's such an ancient civilization that it's still developing and it's amazing i mean the nile and the deserts and and all it's it's so that was number one culture show and then yeah. second one india oh yeah india here is smells and colors and taste and noise it's everything in one place <laughs> that's pretty much india yeah yeah it's amazing <laughs> um of course, I got to go to, you know, I mean, at that time, all you could, before I flew, everything else you saw was through TV. Yeah. Right? So, New York was, I mean, the States was great. Uh, going to Europe was great. Um, yeah. Really, the, the two countries that made the most lasting impression on me was India and, uh, and Egypt. So, it's, it's a great way to fly. Does Singapore still say that? It's a, yeah. a great way to fly? Still yep. the thing? Yep. So... Is that where you got into yoga in India? Did you? Is that where you, your first exposure? Your uh, no, actually, I got into it in 1994 okay. when I went with a friend in Vancouver. Okay. And then we just happened to go to a place that um, had yoga in it. Yeah. So that's when I did it. Um, yeah. And it also helped that when I was flying, I could go do some yoga. Mm hmm. Right, yeah, help then, with the jet lag and the tiredness. Was that? Was that it? I kind of uh, think. I, well, I have a secret to confess, though. Tell I us. don't ever have jet lag. Oh, no. I is, don't. There a, is there a secret for that? Is that you just I, don't get it? I just sleep a lot. Oh. I'm good at sleeping. Oh. My record is 19 hours of sleep. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Uh, if it doesn't look like it's bright and it's day then I just continue sleeping wow okay yeah. this sounds like at jet lag before. this lead this is going to lead into your restorative um workshops well <laughs> the no. 20 hours yoga nidra with Adeline. yeah uh so you get into yoga in 99 that's a long time ago wow and then you've uh you didn't you, you didn't just go straight into restorative what what did you what is no, your um so I started so 1994 I quit the airlines in 2000, mm -hmm. and then um, before when I was in university, I thought, oh, you know, advertising would be really interesting. It was an industry that that sounded something I would do. Mm -hmm. uh, I did it, but 
being in an office wasn't and, your thing. And I think it also, you know, just because I had so much flexible time when I was flying, yeah, that now that I had to be bound in an office and pick up calls is just really not my cup of tea. So that it, that didn't last long. So you're still doing yoga and after office yeah, hours. Yeah, a lot of yoga then. Okay. Um, and then I figured, you know what? At the end of the day, everyone's always asking you when you apply for a job, what, why do you think you're suitable for this job? Have you ever, have you ever? And it used to mm. bug, bug me a lot. Like, why don't you just give someone a chance? Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, it's no skin off your back. And then I think I finally found my answer that you know what? I'm gonna try to be a yoga teacher. I think I'm pretty good at what I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, why not finally do something that you're pretty good at? Mm-hmm. So I did. That was in 2002. Nice. And what kind of what kind of yoga teacher are you back in 2002? Uh, it was mainly a six-day practice ashtanga. That's how it started. Ah, okay. I mean, I a lot of people get started with a physical form of yoga, mm-hmm. and at that time, ashtanga was huge. I think vinyasa is big too now, but then it was ashtanga. Right. Uh, and then there were other modules of it, like restorative, would be thrown in in the afternoons. Mm-hmm. And then you get philosophy, which I always slept in. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm not a very philosophy-based teacher. Um, tell me stories, yeah, but if uh-huh. you're going to do that, it's just hard for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then from from there, I got injured. I think injuries are the best things ever. I don't wish them on people, but they're really good teachers in their own way. Mm. Um, and then I got, again, really bored with the sequence, with the mm-hmm. fix of the practice. It suits some personalities mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and but it's ashtanga is still a great way to build um discipline mm-hmm. right if you're new you don't know how to start a yoga practice what what to do on your mat gives you, you a to, framework do this do this do this standing you're sitting do your back bends you're closing you're good mm-hmm. to go but i still do that on some days mm-hmm. um, just because it's, it's it's already it's so it's already a habit it's mm. ingrained what to do mm. right? you carry the poses um but if you don't know the poses just stick with what you know right mm. um then i got really bored with it though and mm. because i went to a class and they did other chandrasana which is half moon yeah and you know my first thought was oh my god there are other poses outside of what i do <laughs> crazy all right and and i mean i know there are other styles of yoga but i said and then that completely opened my world yeah to all the possibilities and all the other poses and all the other styles of yoga you could do wow yeah yeah it's so but funny then, ashtanga people are so cute you know when they get out jailbreak yeah have you ever seen other people like this too oh all the time yeah 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 and, and they're also when you know when you have an ashtanga because they're also no we need to do this we do it this way and this is how we do it Deadly serious, yeah. Yeah, but it's so cute, yeah. Um, and then from that journey, um, again, it was the it was just the question that I was always asking. I was asking myself about why do we have to prove ourselves mm. to do need to do again? It mm. come it comes back to that same question of why do you think you're good enough for this job? Mm. But why do I have to be good enough for this job? Why don't you give me a chance to be good enough for this job? Mm. And is there something which doesn't have that? I mean, even on the mat, you're still going to have that, you know, uh, as much as you want to be put on your blinkers, you're still going to find someone on the mat who is going to be looking at someone else. Mm. Right? So there's this kind of achievement and competitive aspect to the whole thing. Said, well, can we, is there something else that, that allows for people to feel more whole and more inclusive. So really, that was what I was looking for. And so you begin, is this an entree into your restorative explorations? I I can't tell you how, but just one day I found myself in a restorative yoga class. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this is what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Because the only competition I have is how many props am I going to use? <laughs> am I going to use five posters or ten, right? Yeah, not, not none. And so <laughs> it was finally where you get an even playing field. Mm. Mm. Where and flexibility doesn't matter. 
Mm. And so, I mean, so, I mean, and I get it. Would this be you are injured? Did you, would you think that would be one of the early times you got in? Are you injured and you're going to a restorative class? Because there are so many different stories I hear and kind of entrees into the style. Uh, were you tired? Do you remember? Why do you go back? I'm guessing. Um, I don't. I don't think I was injured when I went into the practice. Mm. And I was probably just curious about. I think at that time I just um, come out a little bit from Ashtanga. Okay. So just exploring the. Oh my God! You know, like that's so many different styles of yoga. Let's see what they are. Yeah. It's a box of chocolates. Are, yeah, with yeah, with as much curiosity and openness as as you can, and then like, mm. oh, this is not bad. Because mm. it was so different. Mm. Yeah. And and so I guess well now I'm having to I'm 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 super curious now. So you so you go into a restorative class. What what is a restorative class? So, because there will, there will be many people on this podcast who might never have been to restorative. If you were going to describe to it, to them what it was, what would you say? Well, restorative yoga is a long, it's a class where you hold poses for a fairly long time. Mm -hmm. okay. But not to scare you, but you lie over posters and blankets mm -hmm. and you're fully supported when you're in these poses mm -hmm. and you hold this for a fairly long time. And when you say fairly long, what are we saying? Well, it could range from three minutes depending or I mean, it's arbitrary depending on how you feel in your body. But really we go, I go as a teacher, I go up to maybe 25 minutes. Wow. Nice. 25 minutes really, because otherwise people get a bit doozy when they come out. But about mm -hmm. 20, 25 minutes. Otherwise, so like, is that a fair like beginner? I'm not sure what I'm doing. I'm not feeling safe. Three to five minutes, and then as you get more adept at the practice, uh -huh. longer. Well, this is usually. It's the funny thing is when you start the class, you're going to get people who will be fidgeting because they have no idea what it's right. like to to what is this class all about. So three minutes just to kind of gauge what the energy mm -hmm. level. Mm -hmm. And it's like putting a baby to sleep. It does a bit of fidgeting in the beginning. Mm. And then they might go into a light sleep. So then you might kind of, and again, when I say sleep, I don't mean sleep in falling asleep stage, but snoring. No, 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 not, not even that, but just kind of letting go and letting themselves be heavy on the prompts. Just mm -hmm. the thoughts. So, right? and so I guess. The next question is, so you're holding a poses for a long time. Why? What is, what is the aim of each pose or is, can you, can you, can you say what is the aim of a, of a, of a restorative practice or one of the aims? Well, okay. So there are many different styles of restorative yoga, depending ah. on, right? Depending on which okay. teachers you're trained with. Okay. okay. So Bernie Clark, and I was just listening to the podcast today, I was telling you. Mm. He says he teaches yin, but it's the PG version, which is the Paul Grilly method, a way that's of that's right, and that's the so, school I'm in too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you can have other yin teachers, and they will teach it differently. Mm -hmm. uh, so my teachers are Judith Lasseter mm -hmm. and Jillian Pransky. Mm. Okay, um, and they are. I would. On a scale of usage of props, Jillian, uh, Judith Lasseter uses a lot more props. Mm -hmm. And Jillian Prensky could teach a restorative class with two blocks. Wow. So they are also kind of extremes in their own way, but mm -hmm. offering different versions of restorative yoga. Okay. And I come from, um, I've been taught by both of them. Sorry, I just need to get my charger and, for my. And are you? And are you? If we're considering coming to your class, are you the queen of props, or are you like mega, mega thrifty? Which end do you go to? As much as I can, I try to use them. Mm -hmm. But it also depends on how many are in the class. Okay. Right. And if we get ten people, and I only have 
20 blankets, then we can't have five blankets per person. Right. And so yeah. what are people looking for? So when people who wander into your classes, into your workshops, into your teacher trainings, what, what is their motivations for coming into a restorative class? Okay, so let, let's back up for a second. So okay. talking about um, what restorative is about, right? Mm. Restorative yoga, the main intention really is to take any muscular effort off. Out of you. it completely. Yeah, mm -hmm. out of it. It's just so that you can rest weight, right? Mm -hmm. And when the body, the mind is really smart when it senses that you're twitching a muscle or you want to do more or you're uncomfortable, it'll turn on. It's like a meerkat that's always just kind of waiting to see. <laughs> is he going to mm -hmm. injure himself? Is he going to go deeper than that? Do I need to call back up? Or, you know, and it's always watching. So we take it's that. Dangerous. Right. We take that out. Mm. And so we create that sense of safety now. You're mm -hmm. safe. You don't have to exert any energy, right? So just rest. Mm -hmm. And when the body is able to sense that, it's able to then turn off the switch to the stress response. Mm -hmm. And then turn on the switch for the relaxation response. Okay. It's very conscious because so many of us now, actually almost all of us now, our default, right, is a stress. Well, we live in the stress response. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Now, and Netflix, we coffee, advertising, blah blah blah. Yeah. If we could do, if we could fit forty-eight hours in twenty-four, we would. Mm -hmm. and, and so there has to be a conscious shift where you take everything out and allow for them to come back to base zero and say, you know what? Hey, turn off the switch to the stress response. Come over this side to the relaxation response. Mm. But it's a conscious switch. Mm. So also on props then signals to them, hey, look, this is a different class altogether. Mm. We're not in a half the class. We're going to be doing a handstand. We are going to be lying over bolsters. Mm. So the tactile feel is different as well. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I think I've, I've been to... Um... A lot of restorative yoga. I've met uh, Judith and I've met Cindy Lee, and uh, I did uh, workshops with both of them. And the, for me, it's the closest feeling I think I've had as an adult to being back in my mother's womb. Mm -hmm. I felt, you know, literally like you know, I could literally curl up with a hot chocolate, preferably, and just like abandon, abandon yep. everything. It's it's really uh, it's really a special place to be. Is that a, is that is that a, just me? No, no. That's um, that's really just coming back to welcoming who you are. Mm. Right. Mm. And again, I, sometimes I tell my students, the life expects you to be a mother out there, a son, a husband, a wife, all these roles. But when you're on your mat for now, could you just be you? Mm. And I think as much as we like to, in yoga especially, it's about the balance. Life is about balance, about mm. your inhales, your exhales, the front and the back. Mm -hmm. And things don't work well if it's always stuck in one mode. Mm. Right? As much as you want muscles to lengthen, you also want them to shorten. Yeah. As mm. much as you're going forwards, you also want to be able to move backwards. Mm. Your car can't be going forwards all the time. It has to be... You want it to reverse as well. So there has to be that balance of being in stress response state is okay. And then coming back to the relaxation state. But right now we're stuck in the gear is always stuck in stress state. The stress response. We're always stressed. We the, somehow the reverse gear doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Telling them, mm -hmm. take your foot off the pedal for a while. That's a crazy that's crazy. Here, <laughs> the gear, mm -hmm. Down. I don't know, four, three, two, one. Mm. That's what, and, what we're taking them to, that balance state. I mean, I don't know uh, people listening to this, but I already want to get all my bolsters and sofas out just listening to this. <laughs> and and so you, you're, this is, and you're, you're simplifying it, I'm sure, for our, the short time that we have. But so different poses. Why different poses? Why don't we just lie down in the bed with the pillow and... I mean, there's still 
benefits you can get from yoga poses. Mm. Right? There are still front body openers that you can do. I, I loathe to call them back bends because people literally will bend their backs. But mm -hmm. you can more space in front body openers to again help with breathing, for example, mm -hmm. habits of slumping or hunching. Mm -hmm. So there's still like yin poses, right? There are still poses that, that are of benefit to the body. Mm -hmm. So we keep them in those shapes. Maybe mm -hmm. for some, it could be elevated or at least the legs are inverted. You're inverted, so legs are higher than the heart. Mm -hmm. There's still place for that, mm -hmm. right? Helps again to um, the baroreceptors, so they lower the blood pressure when you do that. Mm. Um, so there's still benefits for that, but now we take the effort out. Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. So you no longer have to see popping veins at the side of your neck <laughs> when you're doing poses and it's soft and the person looks like they're, they can breathe and you can see the abdomen rising, the chest is rising, they're not straining. And that's a softness. They're coming, they're coming back into their bodies and into the ground mm. rather than being pulled out to do something which mm. is like you know when you, the moment you open your eyes in the morning you're you're pulled out your soul almost kind of pull out of your body to do this it drives you to do what's happening there what's happening here what's behind me what's on my email right when's the last time you ever came back in mm. i think it's also important to note that people seeing restorative yoga is sleep it's not you can have i mean you get people who are sleep at meal, mm -hmm. who grind their teeth when they sleep yeah. Their jaw when they sleep. That's tension, even when they're resting. That's not restorative. So restorative. I, I used to have that, and my my Western doctor and back in Hong Kong just gave me a like a mouth guard. Just said chew on that while you sleep. That was his fix. Didn't fix. Yeah. No. Right. Because it's a stress response. It's a response mm -hmm. to something that's bugging you because you haven't turned off the switch yet. Hmm. That's why I realize, that's why when I do my restorative trainings, um, it's called the art of conscious relaxation because relaxation, we like the sound of it. But <laughs> such a waste of time. Yeah, such a waste of time. No one wants to do it. We all know how to do it, really. It's mm. a very loaded, rest is a very loaded four letter word. Mm. Very, people like the sound of it, but no one wants to do it. I actually do it. And is so you know you um could you tell the story a little bit about every tradition and style has its kind of its characters and its lineage if you like or its people could you tell us a little bit of the story of how we got to uh, at least through your teachers um, how we got to restorative today? Um, well, I think restorative yoga was made really popular by Iyengar BKS Iyengar. Mm. Um, he really was the mastermind of props, mm -hmm. right? breaking down. He was great at breaking down poses, going through the actions of the limb, the big toe, and then fixing them up again. Mm -hmm. And um, his rationale for using props, and again, I'm not a Yanga trained teacher, but this is what I, I have known or at least experienced is that if you, you might not have the flexibility to do the poses, but hey, we've got all these things that might help you achieve the same sensation or mm -hmm. ease at which you can do the pose without struggling. Mm -hmm. uh, and Judith Lasseter was a senior Iyengar teacher. Mm -hmm. Studied with Iyengar. And I, she felt, she noticed the sensations of, of I mean, she, she discovered what it felt like to rest. Because he would do that in Shavasana too in his restorative classes. Mm. And I, when I did the training with her in 2007, if I'm not wrong, she had also worked with sleep scientists. Okay. How restorative yoga um, is different from sleep and how that affects someone's rest, rest state. Mm -hmm. And that was pretty interesting too because she then began to, she began, she then began to bring it a little bit more, it was a little bit more in depth now um, with regards to how this could help people to rest. Okay. Um, Iyengar's restorative yoga is slightly different in that um, there is a lot more sensation still in terms of physical sensation. That than, would 
line up with my experience of Iyengar yoga in general. It's, it's yeah. strong. Yeah. yeah it is. So there's still some work to do, but they're in poses where um, the effects are a little bit more restorative, a little mm. more, right? Um, whereas in Judith Lasseter, she took it a step further, and then hers is um, a little bit less sensations, so mm -hmm. that can rest more. I think I read one of my favorite, I'm butchering it slightly because I, I haven't ref referenced this, but something like one hour of a restorative pose is worth five hours of sleep. I remember him saying something like that somewhere. So the, uh, the sleep and what's, what, what did Judith Lasseter find in, in the restorative practice that's relevant to rest and sleep? Do you, are you? No, but I, I'm sure I could dig up some information for you. She works with, uh, she works really closely with Roger Cole. Right. Okay. As yeah. well, my training love, too. Love him too. Yeah. Yes, a lot of statistics about how, uh, when you put someone in restorative poses, um, how you know that brain waves and all that might help with relaxation. Mm -hmm. um, again. From what I know, and this is um, reference in Herbert Benson, he wrote the relaxation response. Okay. Benson. Um, he did also stay, say that um, there is, a, when you have a, you need a state shift from stress response to relaxation response. And that happens only when you put someone in a pose for about 20 minutes. Wow. And quiet. Wow. It takes 20 minutes for the brain to kind of to check in with all the different parts of the body and go, are you safe? Are you going to be okay? Is hmm. anything on your end? You know, hmm. so it, I, I, when I teach it, I kind of say, well, go through the different rooms hmm. in your and check if it's okay to dim the lights a little. Mm -hmm. Right. Wow. Just, and it takes about 20 minutes for the whole body to go, uh, the whole body to check in and go and tell the brain, hey, you know what? I think we're good to shut off. It's safe. It's okay. It's okay. It takes twenty minutes. And so you're not you're not falling asleep uh, in restorative yoga. What is the what is the the mode that you are in? The body is quiet and the mind is watching. So it's mm. almost like you are. Imagine you're right on top of a hill at night. You're quiet. And you're just enjoying the view. Mm -hmm. And Jillian Prensky, she's an amazing um, restorative teacher that I recently took a training with. Um, and she's also a mindfulness meditation teacher. Okay. And, and she says, can you um, let whatever come, right? Can you, can you not resist? Wow. Can you just let this come in and let this move out so you're really in the state of just being and just watching mm. yeah and because also we're not the stories we tell ourselves <laughs> a deeper psychosomatic thing that goes on after that too you go oh but you know this is no we're not the stories we tell ourselves mm. here and sometimes it's also restorative yoga is a good one to take a break from all your thoughts yeah it's like press the rewind button, pause for a second, just zone out for a bit and then come on back. But sometimes that pause allows you to take three steps back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I was reading it and uh, I was listening to some other people say, and I think maybe you said that too. And I, I know other people said it that you have to be not well to do a restorative yoga class. Ah, that's something. Um... We, we, and so, uh, I'll take a step back from where I got to and not that strong a statement, but, um, in yin yoga, we say that your body, you cannot be injured to practice yin because we're going to, we're going to stress and stimulate and stretch tissues. So don't do yin if you are not well. Oh, okay. I never knew it, that. Well, uh, I mean, it can help you recover. But for example, like um, uh, I've had many friends and some family members who've had cancer. And right. as a yin teacher, I think yin 
I, I'm broading brush strokes, broad brush strokes here, but generally I would say Yin is just gonna, it's just gonna, it's potentially just too much. Uh, I would direct them to a restorative practice. And, you know, I've dabbled a little bit in restorative and I've been yoga teaching enough where I can give them a, a vanilla restorative experience. Um, and I found that for people with cancer, particularly, I, I don't know how I picked on this one, but I found restorative is just as all, almost everything you're saying, I can let go. Like I am the story I tell myself, like I've been a bad person or I'm too stressed or the cancer came to me because of this, that, and the other, yeah. they end up, they end up crying and amazing journeys happen through, yes. through this as you're saying, just there is nothing, there is nowhere to go, there's no one, nothing to be, there is nothing to achieve. That, just that space in itself is incredibly powerful. So I wouldn't go as like you, like you have to be injured to do uh, restorative, but the restorative practice, it seems to me is so nurturing and so, I can't even bring the words to it. It's just, it's so, it's such a negative space, if you like, that so much can happen in, in there. And yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that is, that does happen in yin, uh, certainly, but it's, uh, I would not say trauma. If you say to me trauma and yin, I wouldn't necessarily those go together. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Um, so you, so you quoted, uh, Iyengar saying that, um, one hour restorative, is equivalent to it's one of my favorite sayings he said something like i got this book of Iyengar quotes i'll have to dig it up but he says like uh it's just like a book of all of his sayings and um he says somewhere in there like a, an hour of restorative is i think he says eight hours of sleep something crazy like that it's actually also true because i work with um i work with students who have gone through treatment chemo mm -hmm. and i love working with with students, students are going through post treatment or currently going through treatment mm. because um, the level of rest they get in that class ah. is going to be so different from what they can get back home. Mm. Maybe not even, and you know, okay, I'm going to be, I'm going to go a little wider. And so, even in restorative classes, you are giving people permission to rest, which is something they never give themselves ever. Oh yeah. Um, and when you tell them it's okay and you actually guide them to turn off the switch again from stress response to relaxation response, there's a huge shift. Mm. And I mean, students give themselves permission when to rest when they sign up for the class. <laughs> I mean, it's give themselves permission to be a little bit more mindful mm. when they come to the class. They mm. sign up, that's it, right? You're going to have to be less, you stay in a post for longer, um, you're going to feel a lot more. So these are, you know, the things that they've unconsciously signed up for, um, but also just leading them into to let go a little bit more and to tell them that you really have to turn off the switch to shift from one state of stress to a state of relaxation, mm. right? There is a switch and not everyone knows that. I, I've i worked with enough A-types to know that they don't, they broke the switch, sometimes on purpose or hit it somewhere, they can't find it, totally. So as a teacher, I'm, we're here to say, on the switch, I repaired it. And even <laughs> if it's a little long. And, and you know how the time when they're outside, I mean, as a parent, you would know this too, is you never fully ever rest, mm. right? Mm. And all these fears, and I think all these fears and the things that you have to do outside of the class, yeah, yeah. Fit, that are, you know, these things are still lingering in your mind. And you come to a class like a yin class or a startup class, and finally you're like, you know, we can put everything outside the door for the next 50 or 60 minutes or 75 mm. minutes and just really take this time for me. Wow. And that's when I think real rest happens. Mm. It means letting go of tension you don't need to hold on to. Mm. Do you really need to be in the angry state all the time? Can you shift from angry to less angry? 
And so people like the A-types listening to this will be going, this sounds amazing, but I sleep. I sleep. What's wrong with that? Sure, but do you wake up tired? Yeah. Have you got your ache? How's, how much tension have you got on your jaw and your shoulders and your neck? Mm. I mean, so I'm not a- saying that it is the best style of yoga, but I'm saying that um, for all the young things that we do, a, a restorative a yin practice will be good to balance out um, with a, you know, it's like yin and yang, to balance out doing so much with slowing down. You know, me here, Miss, uh, one of my favorite things about Singapore, I'm just looking at you and I'm going, oh yeah, you're Singaporean, is Singaporean buffets. And um, yeah. Singaporean buffets are good. And what I'm hearing from that, like, uh, listeners, they're the best, like Singaporean buffet. <laughs> Go there, if you're in the buffets. <laughs> What I'm hearing here from you, and correct me if I'm wrong, is sure we sleep, sure we sit down on the sofa, but what you are saying is there's a whole buffet of rest, which you can go in and indulge and throw yourself into, and that is a totally different experience um, to anything else that we that we may do. Is that a fair? Okay, um, Judith Lasseter said this one of the trainings, and she said, if yoga was a buffet, mm-hmm. she literally said, would be at the dessert end. <laughs> okay. Of it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and then and again, you get either you have the fruits mm. or you have the chocolate. Mm. Yin could be somewhere there. Mm-hmm. Yin could be maybe, again, in the spectrum of you know, mindfulness, slowing down practices, you have yin on one end, and yin is considered extreme because of all that you feel. Mm. And you have the other end, which is the restorative that I teach, which is Jillian Pransky and Jillian Lasseter influence. Mm. And that's mm. no sensation, no stretch, no no sensation, wow. fully supported. Wow. And, um, I mean, if, um, who who should come to? I mean, um, this sounds maybe a bit crazy, but I got two teenage kids. I I, I think they should be coming to your restorative class. <laughs> oh. uh, I mean, I'm not joking. My daughter is 15 as I record this with you, and she, her coming up to what would be her GCSE or O level. Scotland is called the Hires. Um, uh, the stress levels in with her peers is I'm and we did we were. We worried about our exams back in the last century, but the levels now is way bigger. And she she uh, she is having sleep challenges. Um, I think restorative often gets pitched that you know this is for old and sick people. Uh, the way you're describing it, that's not at all the case. Well, it's not. But I had I did have a student bring her son in, mm-hmm. and he. It's probably his eight, maybe 18, 19, um, 17 or 18, and he hated the class. Oh, yeah? He completely fidget. He was completely fidgety during the class. Mm-hmm. He told her he hated the class, but both parents came. So parents, mom and dad came, brought him along. <laughs> they needed it more than yeah, the class. Yeah, they thought, yeah. It would, they thought for the very same reason that he might have been interested because um, he was going to have exams. Mm. But I think it, it appeals to, again, I, I it's hard to say because I've, I've had students who were in their 20s come for this class and they loved it. Mm. Again, it's like with all styles of yoga, you mm. need to see if it works for you. And I often tell my students this, it's okay if you don't make it to class this week. It's not, I'm not the kind of teacher that that requires that you come to class every mm. week. I, you know, mm. if you want to practice at home, go ahead and practice at home. The, the practice of yoga has to fit your life, not mm. the other way around. Mm. Right? So if you can't come for the class this week, that's fine. But maybe do set a timer and do one restorative pose for 10 minutes before mm. you begin. Sounds um, So maybe... Yeah daughter or you know for anyone might who might who have children who are going through what your daughter's going through is get her maybe to count her breath breath breathing is one of the best things five minutes before mm. she goes to bed. Mm. right might be a good thing too because 
again, giving them something to do might be good, or maybe again, a yin class might be good for her. So she, at least there's um, some sensation that she can feel. I am totally whipping out my Judith Laster book from my library and uh, giving her a yin po uh, a restorative pose tonight. Pose, and then maybe instead of having her kind of go, yeah, what am I doing here? I'm so bored. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> maybe make her exhales a little longer than her inhales. Mm. Last this training, we had a five count inhale and a seven count exhale. So breathing is also a part of the practice. So you're lying down, you're incredibly supported. Uh, well, when I, I might that off, but eventually that fades away. Mm. Okay, so you and start out with it like an anchor. And it's yeah. that goes but if for people whose minds are, they find it really hard to to anchor themselves, then I would say if you need mm -hmm. an anchor, continue then to count your breath. Mm. But exhales are longer because exhales are parasympathetic. So exhales trigger the stress response mm -hmm. and inhales trigger the, uh, sorry, exhales trigger the relaxation response. Right. Inhales trigger the stress response. Mm -hmm. So technically you always want to tell someone to take a long exhale. Okay. Not take a deep breath because they will okay. inhale really big, right? And then that <laughs> out more. Yeah. So just tell them to take a longer exhale. Now is is um another thing which is I don't know how this is in Singapore. Is yoga nidra a big thing where you are in the world? Oh, I'm also yoga nidra trained. Okay. Rest yoga nidra level one trained. Um, Could you could you explain where yoga nidra and restorative fit with each other? Do they are they do they overlap? Are they cousins? Are they distant relatives? I haven't done so much research on yoga nidra to be able to un to, to talk about that. Really, mm -hmm. I haven't. I just was interested in it. Um, mm -hmm. They do overlap, um, and again, but it keeps the mind really. Um, and they go into dream state. So it allows people to let go again of the stories they tell themselves. Mm. So it, so yoga nidra is like sleep. They drift in and they drift out. Right. So you're not holding on to any one thought at any one time. Mm -hmm. It's really nice. Um, you know, it allows for little gaps and spaces between, um, you know, whatever they, they are thinking about. But it's, but it's, in my understanding, it's far less sophisticated from a pose setup perspective. Oh no, it's, it's, you know, plonk on anything as long as you're comfortable, right. let's start it. But um, I think if you can get some, I do that sometimes in my classes too. Um, I have them in the pose and I, I take them into yoga nidra. Mm. Yeah. Mm. But yeah. And it, it also helps for them to feel what's going on. Mm -hmm. So it's also a nice complementary practice, but you can practice it. You can practice yoga nidra even if you're not in a restorative class. So it's these are all tools that which we as humans and yogis can plug into if yeah. and when we see fit. Yeah. It's another dish or dessert dish <laughs> in the buffet of, yeah, right? of yoga. Hmm. So yeah. this is this is this is really nice, you know, because we we started out this. Um, uh, Facebook chat a while back um, and because I have so many questions you know if I think about the buffet of yoga the journey from the from the hors d'oeuvre and my gin and tonic to the to the chocolate fountain at the end and the digestive uh, don't forget the digestive at the oh, end. yeah the digestive as you slowly ease away from the table uh, <laughs> and unbutton <laughs> what needs to be unbuttoned yeah uh, um, what I see is is really a buffet you know from you know I guess maybe if getting into the the, the steak is where the ashtanga is and uh, yin is kind of the fruits and people say well I am a yin yogi or I am an ashtanga and I often tell people well no I mean and you've mentioned Iyengar and Judith Lasseter, they, we all have these, um, you know, when I'm stressed, I do this, or when I'm tired, or when I need to be stronger, I do this. When I have a, this hits me in life, I do this. And what you're painting for me is a wonderful picture of, you know, there we have so much here to dig into in the yoga tradition. And restorative is a wonderful, is a wonderful part of that to play with. 
accumulate things that we in our toolboxes, right? That help mm-hmm. us navigate the thing called life. Mm-hmm. And again, it comes back to balance. We don't just navigate through life with one thing. We, you know, some days require for us to have a hammer, and some days we have a screwdriver, and some days we have a gin and tonic. I mean, you know, it helps us to to function better in our life. Mm. I think ultimately that's what um, that's what my intention for yoga was to teach, which mm. was for people to live better in their lives as they get older. I mean, as much as it scoffs that getting older part, we are going to be getting older. Yeah. And how can we live better with that? Hey, amen, namaste to all of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what it's all about. I mean, this this is so nice, Adeline. I mean, you know, because so people, I, as a yin teacher already, you and I are in the same, in many of the same camp. Like, I wouldn't do yin. That's boring and lying around on the floor. I'm a handstand bunny or I'm a pinchamayarasana freak or whatever. Um, and, uh, you know, what I'm hearing as a yin teacher is like, uh, like, I want to I wanna come and jump into your restorative class and see... I mean, will we do restorative for 10 years and go, well, actually, now there's out-of-body experiences we could have, which are even <laughs> even more um, yeah. I guess, out I guess there. Different styles of yoga appeal to different people. And <laughs> we can't be Nazis and go, you know what? You need to do this. Right. You need to do this only if it appeals to you. If it doesn't, then it doesn't. I mean, yeah. well, the teacher appears when the student is ready, right? That's a great saying. Yeah, and um, you, it's the same thing. Like you can't drag your spouse to yoga class if your spouse doesn't really <laughs> want to do yoga. Have you tried that? I've tried that. And then at the end of the day, when you ask them how was the class, like yeah, it's okay. And then you get upset because they say, eh, it's okay. They didn't say great. That's my marriage. Yeah, yeah. For the class. And sometimes you never see them again because. Rest is really, for people, I often say that, you know, restorative yoga is scary for a lot of people too because you have uh, nothing to do for 10 minutes yeah. with yourself and a lot of us don't like ourselves. No. Which is why we do so many things to distract being with ourselves. Yeah. But you yeah. have to kind of face your demons and your dragons and it sometimes scary for people yeah right and so um so that kind of practice too is doesn't appeal as much as for example it's, a yin practice would, because a yin practice there is more sensation they say that about yin too uh i don't want to spend five minutes in a pose um that's too long because i have to deal with all my stuff yeah 25 oh, minutes you're good yeah yeah so I'll send you I'll send you along to restorative yoga where you don't feel anything. <laughs> <laughs> you still have to deal with your demons. Ah. Yeah, I'll yeah. send them over to you and you can send them over to me. And I'll send them over to you and they'll deal with their demons in the dark. Yeah. yeah. So we're getting to the time of the podcast where we talk about stuff we're thinking about in yoga. What's what's out in your yoga land? What's happening in Singapore and in Adeline Veal, is that a place? What's uh, what's you excited about these days? I mean, we could talk just talk for about restorative yoga for the rest of the time. I know, isn't it so fascinating? I think we have an, we need to have another podcast. I think we should. Where you just do a, uh, we just all go in and get out all the stuff in our houses and and sit on them. Yeah. That'll be really interesting if that you do a yin version of a course and I'll do a restorative version of a course. Okay, that's episode two and three. That's a deal. <laughs> What's happening in Singapore right now? I don't know, actually. The funny thing is I've been so insulated teaching. I So busy? Yeah, just trying to get teacher trainings done, I think. Just trying mm. to get... I think we're finally ready to... Uh, we're finally ready for restorative teacher training. Well, I think I think that's what I um, you've, you've, you're touching on it. I would, and this is as a Yin teacher. The big thing in in yoga that I'm seeing is that people are finally acknowledging that they need this stuff. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you got the Jason Crandall's who we've talked about and his wife. Um, we've talked about, I don't know if you know of Yogi Joe Brown. Um, yeah. Who's the new kind of like gentle is the new advanced um, mm-hmm. is one of his sayings. Uh, you've got a lot of people coming out and saying you don't need to do the big poses to do yoga. That's not more advanced. That's not better. I mean, really, so I when, guess, when you're 80 years old, doing handstand is yeah. the least of your problems. You'll be wondering whether you'll be peeing yourself, you know, on yourself when you're standing, when you're 80 years old. Dribbling so down your body, yeah. Really pretty, but, but can we get people to move better? And again, can we get them to, to move inwardly into themselves as opposed to outwardly? Mm. And we have so much ego moving outwards now in the world. We really need people to come in and mm-hmm. see, feel, and respond rather than to react. Yeah. I, I mean, as I when I'm not doing my practice, I'm reading books on sleep. I'm reading books on psychedelic drugs. I'm reading books on on stress and ADHD and depression, and they all point to the same thing that we we have a brain which is just on you know on red bull the whole time yeah. and that's half of that's half of us that's not all of us and so many of these issues that's why meditation and mindfulness for example is getting so big can be can be communicated with let's put it leave it there with going inside yep true yeah and i mean that's that you just you just said it i mean mindfulness is getting i mean every single day when i'm on facebook if i'm on facebook i live on facebook i don't live on instagram um you're so old school i am very old school yeah <laughs> uh and uh you were seeing constantly just articles about how breathing helps changes your state of mind your vagus nerve and all of that so i think it's nice to know that that's finally gaining some awareness mm. and a lot more like you said a lot more here now too a lot more uh, meditation courses being offered here in singapore mm. um yeah just slowing down stuff yeah you're in a, i mean you're in a big city it's uh one of the most it's got to be top 10 uh people per square meter or square foot of harvey it's it's a dense busy go get them kind of place and uh isn't it nice that people are beginning how do we get people in what's your do you have any top tips how do we get more people in doing this kind of stuff they need to i'm gonna be evil but i shouldn't be evil be evil come on be evil (laughs) no i'm kidding maybe have a burnout no but Mm. i think they need to they need to know that there are different ways to manage stress. Mm. Right there again, they need to know their options mm. as well. And it's no skin off your back to come for a class. And if you don't like it, that's fine. That's information to you. You never, we never see you again. That's fine. But we wish you well. But you've learned something from it, right? I mean, it, it's it's. I would I need whenever I tell people that I teach with startup, they again, like I said, they like the sound of it. But so they get I that face that them? you've just done, right? Yeah, kind of like, mm, yeah, nice, yeah, but I don't think it's for me. Sure, mm. uh, not about hot style because I don't think that works in restorative yoga. You come when you're ready to come. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, you might be doing something that could be restoring you, and that's fine too. Mm. We attract whoever we attract. Mm. Um, yeah, and people will find their, like, people find different ways in the path to yoga. Mm. Some people come through meditation and others through, and it's like in India, it'll be their way of life from school when they're young. And then for well, the West, it will be from asanas themselves. But people will find their way in if they need it at this moment in time, or maybe not. Maybe it could be 10 years down the road and they'll need it. Yeah. 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 But hopefully, we will have trained and, you know, offer this to, a lot more people who can then offer it to a greater number of people. Keeps growing. Pass it on. Yeah, I think that's the most important thing about being teachers is to offer it to people who will then take this and offer it to someone else. Keep getting it. That's really important when um, 
And in some way, women that come to yoga classes, I think that's also great because women are caregivers also. I mean, I'm not saying that men are not, but women generally more so. And totally. I heard my first restorative yoga pose from my mom. Mm. It's a legs up the wall lady, Viparita Karani. Mm. Yeah, so she will always say, right, um, especially when she takes an, an afternoon nap, and her naps are, are over 20 minutes. Yeah, and she would put her legs up the wall, and she'll say, well, if your legs are tired, just put your legs up the wall. You've been walking, up, uh. you're walking a long time, and you've been on your feet, uh. you put your legs up the wall. Uh. And she told me why, but we did it, and now I know why. Mm. But it was, I, I don't know where she learned it from. She might have learned it from my grandma, but, mm-hmm. you know, you as a parent will teach your children this and your teach your children will teach their children this and it doesn't have to be in a class no yeah mm. so it's and it's, we've we've hit time but uh yeah we've been talking for a long time it's been this is super nice i want i think i just want to go and it's one o'clock in the afternoon for me it's perfect time to just go and hit hit the sack but um it's been really, really educational. And um, thank you for joining me all the way uh, Friday night in Singapore. Um, it's great. Um, we're gonna uh, up with this podcast, we'll put where people can find you and all this kind of good stuff. Yeah. Thank you very much. How do we say good night in uh, Singapore? Good night, La. <laughs> good night, La. Thank you for having me.